Welcome to the podcast of First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming and progressive Unitarian Universalist congregation, deeply committed to love and justice. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org. Good morning. <laughs> it's good to see you all here. My name's Jen Crow. I'm one of the ministers here at First Universalist Church, and we are really glad that each and every one of you is here with us. Whether you're joining us in person or online, it is so good to be together. And what a joy to get to lead worship with Amy and Franco and Lauren and Nora and Arif and all of you, because we do this together. What a joy. So this morning, we extend a special welcome to any of you who are visiting us for the very first time, and especially to the friends and family of the children who are being dedicated today. We hope that everyone finds a sense of hope and connection and a sense of possibility in our time together today as we dare to live lives of meaning and purpose, always striving to align our actions with our deepest values. For over 160 years, First Universalist Church has been a community of faith that proclaims the power of love and hope, a community where we invite each other into the rhythm and practice of giving and receiving and growing together. And we practice the universalist spirit of love and hope in some very particular ways here. We listen deeply to where love is calling us next. We welcome, affirm, and protect the light in each and every human heart. And we act for justice with courage and compassion and humility. We do all of this with a deep commitment to ending oppression in all of its forms and building a beloved community of love and liberation, joy and belonging for all of us. So there are lots of ways to get connected. This is a vibrant community. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't already done so, to sign up to receive our online newsletter, to join us after the service if you're here in person for coffee hour downstairs, to take some time to visit the gallery that's down there in the social hall too, and be able to view Wing Young Huey's gorgeous photos, uh, which are an exhibit from his book, Chineseness, The Meanings of Identity and the Nature of Belonging. And I invite you to come back next week. Next week is going to be a special week here at First Universalist. Whether you're here in person or online, we will be celebrating the completion, the majority completion of our almost six-year building renovation project at this point. So, yes! So we'll be rededicating our building, celebrating the work that's been done. We'll have special music with guest Peter Mayer, who you may know as the one who brought us Blue Boat home. He'll be performing uh, in worship. And then also we'll have our project manager and architects and construction team, all the folks that have helped with this project along the way, professional and volunteer, will have an opportunity to say thank you to them for doing such amazing work on our behalf. There'll also be some special food afterwards for coffee hour, and we'll tell stories throughout the service about this building and the move here and the renovation. And after both services at 9 and 11, we'll be taking a photo of everyone out on the front steps. So you may know, maybe you've seen through our history uh, images or other ways, that when we moved into this building almost 30 years ago, when everybody arrived, having made the walk from the previous building to here, they took a picture on the front steps. And we will have that picture from 30 years ago available to take a look at, and we're going to redo it. So after the 9 and 11, come be part of that that photo so that 30 years from now, when you're still here or somebody else has taken a look at it, 
we can remember your face and say thank you for being one of our spiritual ancestors. So we know, like I said, that we moved into this space almost 30 years ago and became stewards of the land that is right here, this corner of 34th and DuPont, this place that is so close to Bede Makaska, White Earth Lake. And we recognize that we here in this space are on the ancestral homeland of the Dakota and Anishinaabe people. That this land holds stories that stretch backward in time to this present moment and out into a future we can't even imagine. And we make room. We honor all people, all beings, and this earth as we tell a bigger story that includes each and every one of us. And we commit to taking actions that continue to heal and repair relationships and the earth and that draw the circle wider and wider still. So it's with this intention that we settle in for this time together this morning. So wherever you are, I invite you to settle your body, if that feels right. For me, that means I have planted my feet on the floor, taken a moment to roll my shoulders up and down. It might mean softening your gaze or closing your eyes, or it might mean wiggling around, whatever is right for you. And we take a moment to breathe together on purpose, trusting that our inhale is the earth's exhale, that our exhale, the earth and our community's inhale, connected over place and time. We breathe in and breathe out. We breathe in. And out. And once more, breathing in, breathing out. We remember we can return to this breath, to this connection, wherever we are, whenever we need it. And this morning we make room from this place of connection to hear the voices and the stories of our sixth graders as they share their elevator speeches with us, their thoughts about what Unitarian Universalism is and what First Universalist means to them. We'll have an opportunity now to see some of them on video. And I invite you to listen for what resonates for you. What do you find yourself nodding your head to? Yes, this is what I believe too. This is what this is about. Or where your imagination might get expanded in listening to them. My name is Will. I use he, him pronouns. Unitarian Universalism is a religion where people support each other no matter what. The community is respectful to everybody and it is overall a nice place to be. We carry the flame. My name is Ruby, my pronouns are she, her, and I think to be a Unitarian Universalist means to me that you are accepting of every religion and the beliefs really vary from person to person. It's not really structured into one. Point. You can believe in God or Jesus and still be a Unitarian Universalist. It's not like a, you have to do this. I don't quite know what the technical definition is. These are just what it means to me. Um, I tell you the point.
My name is Madison, and to me, Unitarian Universalism is a, com a community and a place to speak your own ideas and thoughts. I carry the flame. My name is Luna, and to me, Unitarian Universalism is about helping others and including everyone of all races. One thing I like about church is listening to joys and concerns, and some values our community has is being kind to everyone. I carry the flame. First Universalist means to me is a safe, welcoming place to go, and anyone is welcome. A place to relax and you can feel safe and anyone and we are welcoming. I carry the torch. First Universalist is about being together with the community and making friends with those around you. It's about being open enough to share what you believe in. I carry the flight. What do you think is the most important thing for others to understand about Unitarian Universalism? Unitarian Universalism is a religion that focuses on welcoming everyone into church, no matter what their religion is, what they look like, or what their gender is. UUs think that people should choose to live in ways that reflect kindness and compassion, service and helpfulness and love. What does Unitarian Universalism mean to me personally? I think Unitarian Universalism can help make the world better because we believe that all people are equal and should be treated the same no matter what they look like. Since my family is Unitarian Universalist, we believe in restoring the earth, helping others, and kindness and love for all. Universalist means to me a way to connect to others and to meet new people. I carry the flame. Hello, my name is Alex, and the UU community is here because it is a place where people help and support each other, and we learn religious education. Um, we help build community, and we help grow each other into better people. Carry the flame. I think our youth are pretty articulate about what this place is and what it means. So Nora, will you help me light the chalice and will all of you join in saying our chalice lighting covenant words together? Love is the spirit of this church and service is its law. This is our great covenant to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love and to help one another. Uh, more sweetness. This morning, families bring 11 children to be dedicated, some of whom are with us in this service and some of whom were here earlier. What a gift that we get to share in this abundance of joy. In the ritual of child dedication, we recognize how deeply we need one another, and we reject the idea that each family is or should be a self-contained unit. We acknowledge that families transcend the limits of blood and law, and we recognize your family as you have gathered and created it, and honor the commitments and love that define it. We invite the families now to come up to the chancel for our ritual of naming and dedication. Come on up. 
This guy. This guy. What name do you give this child? Owen Carl Enerwold. Hi, Owen. Is it okay if I touch you with water? Or do you want to do it yourself? What do you think? Here. All right. Do you want to touch, if you want to, your brow? So up here. You want to touch your forehead? Nice. Your lips and your hands with this water. And with this water, we dedicate your thoughts and your words and what you do with your hands, your deeds, to the service of love and justice. And we celebrate your unfolding beauty. And Nora has a rose for you. Hmm. What do you name this child? Vivian Rose. Is it okay if I touch Vivian with some water? Vivian. We touch your brow and your lips and your hands with the sacred water gathered by this community as we dedicate your thoughts and your words and your deeds to the service of love and justice. And we give you this rose as a symbol of your unfolding. What name do you give this child? Idris Graham Is it okay if I touch Idris with some water? Idris, I touch your brow and your lips and your hands with this water. Yes! <laughs> As we dedicate your thoughts and your words and your deeds to the service of love and justice. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and Nora has a rose for you, a symbol of your unfolding beauty. Oh, you got it. You got it, Joe. <laughs> uh, Hi. And what do you name this child? Celeste Elizabeth McAllister. Celeste. Is it okay if I touch you with some water? Would you like to touch yourself with the water? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, so I'm going to put it on your hand here. Okay? And then you can, you can do this with you. Want me to hold that for a moment? Okay, I'll hold this. I'll give it right back. So you can touch your brow, your forehead. Yeah? Want to touch your forehead? If you want. And you can touch your, your cheek or your lips and your hands as we dedicate your thoughts and your words and your actions, your deeds, yeah, to the service of love and justice. And we give you this rose as a symbol of your unfolding. Mm, so much beauty. Families, thank you for allowing us to show up for you and to share in your joy we're so glad that the universe made room for your little ones, and we will do the same for them and for you here at church. As we recognize your need for vibrant communities to witness and unfold you, we promise to be one of those communities, a spiritual home for you. In our ritual, the congregation pledges to support you on the journey as your children grow, they will help you in times of need. They will serve as religious education volunteers and mentors. They will be in parent gatherings with you 
they will celebrate with you this and many more milestones in the years ahead. Every day that a child is born is a miracle, an opportunity to recognize the power of love, a day to give thanks for the beauty of the earth, a day to recognize that no one is brought up alone and that every person born is a savior in this world. We recognize all who have gathered here now and those who are away from us in distance and time. We honor the ancestors who have left this world but never our hearts and we welcome them here into this time with us as we make sacred promises and bless one another. Children of the congregation, you are an important part of this ritual, and so I will ask you a few questions. Will you show these children through your actions how we care for each other at church? Will you welcome and accept them? Will you be good friends to them? If so, please type in the chat or say out loud, yes. Awesome. Adults of First Universalist Church, in welcoming and dedicating these children, you acknowledge your role as guides and teachers. Will you pledge yourselves to the well-being of these children? Will you promise to care for them? Will you help their families raise them to love justice and live with compassion? Will you work for a peaceful, just, and sustainable world that they might grow to the fullness of their potential? Will you enthusiastically welcome them as unique and precious individuals that they might know this congregation as a place where they are accepted, known, encouraged, and loved. Congregation, please respond out loud or in the chat. We will. We will. By bringing your children to be dedicated, you acknowledge the wonder of life. You affirm your connection to this congregation and you share with us your joy. Congregation, please join me in welcoming these children into this community as they and their families take their seats. possible that my heart can feel this full 
and we are only halfway through this service. (laughs) As we move into this time of prayer, I invite you to put down what you're holding, to allow the sounds in the sanctuary to bring us into this moment. And when we drift, as we inevitably will, to bring us back into this moment. Every sound of bodies in space is welcome. Every one of us and all of us is welcome. In the Hebrew scriptures, there is a rich tradition of a type of prayer that's felt important this week. Prayers of complaint and argument with God. These prayers are a people giving voice to a deep sense of outrage and injustice, as if God's people turn to God and say, what the heck? or maybe something more pointed. This has been a week in which many of our hearts have turned, have cried out in outrage and injustice. What the heck indeed? The deplorable leak of Supreme Court documents timed to coincide with Mother's Day and thereby provoke further inflammation and outrage. What the heck? The fear and uncertainty felt by anyone with a uterus wondering if they'll be able to access the care they need. The hurt and the pain felt by our black and brown and indigenous siblings who know that it is their reproductive choices most targeted. The mostly unspoken truth that we all know in our hearts, we all love someone who has had an abortion. The mostly unspoken truth that we suspect in our hearts that this isn't just about abortion any more than it was about a pipeline or just about bathrooms. The list goes on and on. That the forces of power and domination and control are on the move, advancing where fear and shame are allowed to flourish and always, always working to erect the false walls of protection, the barriers of us and them, the illusion of safety For the low, low price of our freedoms, our autonomy, our right to name and claim our voice, our truth, the fullness of our experience and our humanity, and the right for our planet to do the same. We join our voices to those of religious people throughout the ages confounded by oppression and attack to say, what the heck, God? Why? To what end? How could things be this way? When will this end? And in this we pray. We pray that our hearts might be steadied, 
We pray that our spirits be soothed and sustained by the presence of our beloveds, by the strength of us gathered here in one strong body, near and far, yet united by breath and song and purpose, a commitment to making the community beloved by living it, a commitment to making the earth a home for our futures by singing it, a commitment to bringing into the light of day all those things hiding in the shadows that sap our spirits, that deplete our souls, that cause us to turn inward in shame and blame and fear. Alone, even the smallest of turbulences can be overwhelming. But together we can bear and build anything we can dream of as long as our dreams are big enough. We pray that our dreams be big enough. As these prayers ripple out, we hold in our love and care all that we bring to the sanctuary this morning. And I invite you now to speak aloud or hold in your hearts all that you'd lift in prayer and surround in care this morning. And we pray that the grip of addiction be loosened, that the weight of oppression be lightened, that truth be told, that joy break through, that the logic of control and domination never have the last word, and that love make every suffering bearable for us all. Amen. When one of my kids was in kindergarten, he had this really tough teacher. And if you think tough might not be the best word to describe a kindergarten teacher, I would agree with you. She had some very rigid ideas about how kids should behave, and her number one teaching goal seemed to be something along the lines of, We've got to teach these kids how to conform starting now because they're going to need to do it for the rest of their lives. 
As in most kindergarten rooms, there was one corner where the class would gather for lessons and meetings, and she had put 18 masking tape Xs there to indicate where the children should sit. And this is where our trouble began. Because my little guy could not stay on his ex. He was a good-natured kid, and he was generally, generally willing to try to work with the program, but he was also very wiggly. And he wanted to do what he was supposed to do, but he also really wanted to sprawl out on the floor and maybe even close his eyes while he was listening. He could remember to keep his bottom on that X for like three minutes tops. So this became the topic of many emergency parent-teacher meetings. Why did his little body seem to expand like a sponge in water, even though he promised he would make himself small and still? Now, I had mixed feelings about getting on board with the project of teaching my kid to stay on his ex, because if you haven't already figured that out, I was not a great big fan of this teacher. And she didn't seem to really like my kid. But at the same time, I really wanted my kid to fit in, and I wanted him to grow up to be a responsible member of society, and not be that kind of person who takes up the whole bus seat without regard for his fellow passengers. So I showed up to every meeting, willing to be part of the project of teaching my kid to stay on his ex. And I spent a lot of time over the course of that year talking and thinking about how to get him to cooperate. Now my kid was pretty uninterested in this obsession of mine. And come June, he was still failing at crisscross applesauce. And he was pretty sick and tired of my project. And by then, my relationship with him was suffering some. There was a lot of frustration and disappointment. And I was, to be honest, a little bit worried about how his behavior might be reflecting on my parenting skills or lack thereof. So I think we were all hugely relieved when we could finally just give up and move on into summer. And I'm guessing that many of you who are caring for kids right now know this feeling as the extended school year stretches out in front of you. And I'm guessing that all of us might know something about what it's like to have expectations of how we might fit into a box or sit on an X confine us and get in the way of our relationships or mark us as a failure to those around us or even to ourselves. This was one way to tell the story of what was happening for my son and our family this year, that year. We were failing. We were not fitting in. But when my son reached fifth grade, he had a teacher I'll always be very grateful for. This teacher liked him, and she paid good attention to him. 
and she noticed that he walked differently than most of the other kids. So she recommended that we get this checked out. And lo and behold, with one simple examination at a doctor's office, we learned that his legs fit into his hip joints a little differently than most kids' legs fit in their hip joints. And that affects his gait, and it makes it nearly impossible for him to sit cross-legged. His body becomes really painful when he forces it to bend like that, which is really no big deal unless you have a teacher that believes your goodness as a human being is tied to how you sit, and a, te and a parent, and a parent who gets sucked into helping you conform to that expectation. Now fortunately for us, this teacher helped us write a bigger story. This fifth grade teacher helped us write a story based in observation and curiosity instead of conformity. A story that began with faith in the inherent wholeness of each and every child, even those who could not sit on their exes. That teacher helped us write a bigger story. And that story changed our relationship to ourselves and each other, to school, and to our hopes for the future. This is why we need each other at church, at school, in the families we create because alone we cannot write big enough stories. We all need more trustworthy people adding their perspective and support, their questions and experiences to help us write more spacious stories. We hold the power to do some significant help or harm with the stories we tell, and we'll inevitably do at least some of both. In those moments when our child, our friend, a stranger, or even we ourselves can't seem to conform to expectations, we might want to slow down and make it our spiritual practice to intentionally activate an attitude of curious compassion and flexibility as our first response. Here at church, we try to create the conditions for growth that our sixth graders so eloquently and innocently name in their elevator speeches. Already we can notice what they've latched onto from their time here. I noticed words like welcome and everyone no matter what, together. And I notice a desire for friendship and inclusion kind of tenderly behind their words. I hope that we can be worthy of these young people's hopes and expectations of this place. What I hear them saying is that they want the same thing that brings all of us to church, I think. The desire to live lives of integrity and meaning and the belief that religious community can help us to do that. We want to hold ourselves accountable to others. And collectively, we want to do the best we can with the power and resources we have available to us. Not just kids and parents, but all of us deserve and need communities that celebrate our very being 
and encourage our spiritual growth and expand to make room for us as we unfold. The first chalice lighting words I ever learned were in my kids' preschool religious education classroom, and they went like this. We light this chalice to celebrate Unitarian Universalism. We said, this is the church of the open mind. And Unitarian Universalism does tell me that my choices will be better if I cultivate that open mind. It cautions me to be wary of any theology or moral code that short circuits my search for truth and meaning by capitalizing on my desire for certainty. There are things I do not know or understand. Choices other people make for valid reasons that are not part of my experience. And I need to temper myself with humility. This is the church of the open mind. This is the church of the loving heart, we said. And my faith tells me that my choices will be better if I orient my heart toward love, toward seeking to find our shared humanity. It cautions me to be wary of any theology or moral code that constricts my capacity to love or limits who I'm allowed to care about. There are people whose culture, whose beliefs, gender, whose way of loving, way of making meaning are not part of my experience. And I'm accountable to honoring their inherent worth and dignity. This is the church of the open mind, the loving heart, and then we said, this is the church of the helping hands. My choices will be better if I do everything in my power to bring more joy, more beauty, more justice to this world. My faith cautions me to be wary of any theology or moral code that tells me someone else will sort it all out later. And I have permission to just soothe my despair with distraction and consumption in the time being. No. No, I am part of an interdependent web. And the more I actively participate in the great exchange of giving, receiving, and growing, the better I will understand what responsible power looks like. Rather than trying to control each other, we trust and support one another. When others reveal to us what they need, we listen. When they tell us that our boxes are not one size fits all, that our stories are too small, that our exes cause pain, we make adjustments. And we trust the natural tendency of people who are safe and free to move toward connection and health and wholeness. May each of us, from the youngest to the eldest, be granted life-giving conditions for our continued unfolding at home and here at church May we write liberating stories, take liberatory action, and be brave enough, vulnerable enough, and compassionate enough that we may do these things together well. Creating communities of love and justice and belonging. This is what we are about. Here we engage in this spiritual practice of giving and receiving always in rhythm with each other. 
One of the ways we do this is by sharing our financial resources. It's one of the ways we live into our faith. And we are always in this practice of giving and receiving. And so we remind each other every week that if we are in need of receiving care, of receiving financial resources, that thanks to the generosity and gifts of members and friends of this church, we have those resources to share. Please let us know so we can assist each other. And if this is a time where you have financial resources to share, this morning's offering will be shared with Unrestrict Minnesota. Now, Unrestrict Minnesota is important to us because our Unitarian Universalist faith affirms that all of our bodies are sacred and that each of us has the gifts of agency and conscience. We affirm that each of us should have the power to decide what does and does not happen to our bodies at every moment of our lives. And when disparities in resources or freedoms occur that make it difficult for some groups of people to exercise autonomy over their own bodies, our faith compels us to take liberatory action. So unrestrict Minnesota. It uses an organizing framework created by black women and that is led by a multiracial coalition of LGBTQ plus advocates, faith communities, clinicians, activists, doctors, lawyers, organizers, and they work together for a world where every person has the ability to decide if and when and how to become a parent, how to raise children, or to be able to raise healthy children in safe and thriving communities, and have the gender freedom and bodily autonomy we all deserve. Unrestrict Minnesota works to protect, expand, and destigmatize access to all reproductive health care, including abortion care, in Minnesota through public education and advocacy and the law. Your offerings will be gratefully received. It's so good to remember we are not doing this alone, that we've got each other. Today, some of our children touch their own brow, their own lips, their own hands. And we can do that too as we go out. We can dedicate our thoughts, our words, and our deeds to the service of love and justice. Go in peace and know yourself, beloved. Thank you for listening to this podcast from First Universalist Church of Minneapolis. We are a welcoming community that finds strength in the diversity of identities of all who find inspiration and comfort here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting our ministry. Text FIRSTUNIV, that's F-I-R-S-T-U-N-I-V, to 73256 to make your gift. If you are able to join us in person for Sunday worship, we'd love to see you in church. To learn more, visit us online at firstuniversalistchurch.org.